Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Until Dawn podcast. As always, my name is Koi, and with me is my wife, Felicia. Hi, everyone. All right, so hopefully everybody's staying warm out there. I, over here, the weather can't make up its mind. Literally the other day, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and then yesterday, it was like 11 degrees when I woke up. I know, and I'm so sick of cold weather. Yes. I'm ready to pack it up and move to Arizona. I'm pretty sure there's a country song that goes something along those lines about moving to arizona um, or maybe it's just out west i don't know i don't know i'm sure but either way this is going to be an exciting week for us on february 10th we'll be speaking at the dead of winter festival in alton illinois i'm very excited about that it's going to be happening at the mineral springs motel or hotel 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 or mall it's depends it's on who you, it depends on who you ask originally it was the mineral springs hotel which you can kind of go into some of our back episodes if you want to know more about that or you could just come to the conference right because dave he, is it nunnally i don't know how to say his know. last name he's actually going to be speaking on the history of the mineral springs yes i'm, I'm excited to hear about that just because it's one of my favorite places to investigate and it's also going to be free, so you know if you're in the area or nearby. As long as you, well, it's it's free if you you know all you got to do is bring a some canned goods or a non-perishable item, which will all then be donated to people that are in the, in need. So you get come to a come to a great conference, hear some good speakers, and us, and then us, <laughs> and then us, and uh, help out your you know the local community as well. And that'll be going on from 10 to 5. Yeah, and then they have some after-hours events. But I think we had looked at that, and they are already sold out. Yeah. So. so. But there will be a raffle. I know there's going to be a raffle for two tickets to do the paranormal investigation after hours at the Mineral Springs Hotel. Which, you know will not definitely not be a letdown if you win those two tickets no that's like one of the best locations to investigate i think i might try to win the tickets in my personal opinion i might try to win the tickets just to <laughs> do another investigation there that is something that we need to schedule yeah we just for ourselves to go back there we need to put it on our list mm-hmm. speaking of lists of uh places that we're we need to get back to Today's episode is going to be on the Kendrick House, and I'm already ready to go back to that one. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's It was a location that I'd never heard of somehow, which is weird because I'm like the crazy history person. Yeah, and it's right, like almost right in our backyard. Right, and then we had such 
an amazing time and so much activity there. So yeah. definitely going to be going back there this summer when it's not so cold. <laughs> yeah, doing it, you know, unfortunately when we were there, the heat was messed up. So, you know, yeah, we had to dress in layers. Lots of layers. But before we get into all that, get a the weekly or bi-weekly or monthly monthly dose of spooky scoops so let's take a quick break and dive into those you heard of this uh, big cat that's supposed to be around <laughs> of course some say it's a puma others a giant ape and still others say it's the sukara a sukara it's a new kind of animal to me that's a famous jungle demon it tears living animals to shreds with its claws and then feeds upon them. Has been known to attack humans also. Hasn't so far, I hope. No. But I'm sure it will. So our first story comes from Russia in the city of Tayumen. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's correct. I'm almost certain it's not. But River turns blood red in biblical bombshell as experts have no idea why the strange phenomenon has been dubbed a biblical bombshell by the worried residents who are terrified about the effect of their drinking water experts are baffled by the strange phenomenon which has led people to fear the quality of the drinking water in the city officials in western siberia have not yet released the results of the barrage of tests that they've taken although the worried Locals suspect that a dumping of unknown chemicals into the normally murky waters. Gross. Yeah. It's concerning that the water is normally murky. Right. <laughs> and they're concerned about their drinking water. But the river has turned an o- a red-orange co- color for about a week from when this was posted. This is about a week or so old. Crazy thing is you can actually see the river is so dark that you can actually see images of it from the space station. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. So they get their water from their drinking water from the river, I guess. I don't think so, but I think they're worried about it. Just being contaminated. Contaminating the groundwater. But the worst part is that experts still have no idea what may have caused the river to turn red. But from what I know about it, more than likely it's from somebody dumping some unknown chemical. That's disgusting. Yeah, it. You if you can find the article on the Mirror, which is a UK website, and the pictures of it are really quite disturbing. Did it say if the water going into their houses was red too, or they were just they're just concerned about it contaminating? Well, no, it didn't say anything about like the water in their houses oh, okay. turning red, but the whole river is like blood red, right? Like a dark, dark red, and it's not. The article talks about how it's not the consistency of it's not changing. Like it's not fading in or out. It's staying dark red. And it's not getting thick like jello. No, no. No <laughs> one dumped like massive amounts of like cherry jello into <laughs> That would be pretty amazing. Like the that whole river amazing. turns to like cherry jello. I'd go jump in it. I have this plan for April Fool's Day with jello. So I don't know. It's just on my mind because I was just looking that up. What's your plan? I can't say. I mean, it's not for you. It's Are you going to like contaminate our house water no, with jello? No, it's for some other people. But oh, okay. I can't say because they may hear They it. may listen? Yeah. I'll show you a picture later. Okay. So what do you got? I have 
multiple sightings of a large unidentified winged creatures in North Carolina. And this got my interest because I keep seeing stories about people seeing large winged things in Chicago, like just around. I did hear so. about some of the stuff like the possible Mothman sightings in Chicago. Right. Okay, so. Several North Carolina residents are reporting sightings of a strange winged creature, or possibly multiple creatures, that has piqued the interest of local cryptozoologists. North Carolina newspapers are reporting multiple sightings of some sort of large flying beast with, which sounds straight out of the Jurassic period. One witness, a woman from Raleigh, her name is Cynthia Lee, she's seen the an animal multiple times. Based on the way that her and other witnesses have described the creatures. Some cryptozoologists believe it could be a pterosaur, which would be like a pterodactyl, I believe. Well, I remember when there was a bunch of supposed sightings of like the, remember the Thunderbirds? Yes, supposed. Those are maybe real. They, maybe they, uh, you know, global warming and they m migrated out east <laughs> for cooler. Not cooler. Is well, North Carolina. Well, they had those winter storms. Oh, no. No. Who migrates for cold weather? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not us. Okay, no. I'm, I'm ready to migrate for warmer weather. Right. So it was described as it had a long tail with diamond-shaped bulb on it. It was a dark brown. It had this weird crest. Cryptozoologist Jonathan Wickham says he's not alone in believing that there may still be living pterosaurs in North Carolina. He's quoted as saying, My associates and I believe that these are non-extinct pterosaurs, Wickham told the Raleigh-based newspaper The News and Observer. What many persons would call pterodactyls are flying dinosaurs. Wickham even claims to have Civil War era photo which shows a group of soldiers posing with what claims what he claims is a dead pterodactyl and there actually is a picture of that so i'll have to put that on our facebook page i think i've seen that picture before it kind of reminds me of the picture with the guy with the giant grasshopper <laughs> do you know what i'm talking <laughs> no, about i've not seen a picture of a giant like grasshopper holding it and it's like a giant grasshopper i don't know uh, that's know, scary to me yeah you know, yeah because i know you're scared of grasshoppers i don't know i have a hard time with this one like I don't know, is there, is there a lot of caves in North Carolina? Or, I mean, is there somewhere for this animal to... I don't know. Like, they didn't explain, like, where it could have came from, or... They did say, they asked the um, head of paleontology at North Carolina Museum of Natural Science about it. And her response was, pterosaurs are extinct and have been for 65 million years. That's a, it's pretty that's a, open and closed, right? Right. I mean, I just feel like more people would see it flying around. Or it, like, flying down and, like, scooping up cows and stuff. I mean, it's a large predator. Right, yeah. But, you know, stranger things have happened. It's true. All right, what what other story do you have? I do, I do have one more. And this one, uh, this one's a little closer to home. It happened in uh, Lee's Summit, Missouri. It's not necessarily a supernatural or paranormal in in nature just a little a little kooky and this one covers the gacy mobile nice so some people are fascinated by true crime and murder especially one man in lee summit who's decided to dedicate his van to it i was just thinking about that van here you know the kiss van 
the Kiss van. Or the Grateful or is it Grateful Dead? I think the Grateful, Grateful Dead, Dead van. Yeah, there's like a Grateful Dead old van. Minivan with the old people. Yeah, there's the Wizard of Oz car. Remember that guy? <laughs> Here's a, a quote from one of the, the lady that actually spotted it, and this is how the news story got out. This comes from Samantha Gather. I looked over and saw this clown on it, and I go, no way. Is that what I think it is? There's no way I just saw that on the side of the van, said true crime enthusiast and Lee Summit resident. But it wasn't just any clown that Samantha saw on the side of the van. It was Pogo the Clown, the alter ego of serial killer John Wayne Gacy. William Hodson, the owner of the van, was contacted, and he said that up until that point, nobody had actually recognized that it was Pogo. Hudson said he made it as a joke to his friend who wanted to drive for Uber. What? <laughs> That's funny. Could you imagine going to like to the mall or wherever? Or leaving the club? Yeah. And you can find this on the uh, Lee Summit. I think it's WDAF News. You, and it has pictures of it. And the, the van, I think, is like bright yellow with balloons with like pogo the clown on the side of it i couldn't imagine like waiting for an uber to show up and then the gacy mobile pulls up there's no way i'm like nope not today i'm not getting murdered i would if i had that i would definitely put like a camera on the outside to get people's expressions when i pulled up right he said i didn't do it to offend anybody and i would say i'm sorry if you don't get my sense of humor and it may not be everybody's cup of tea but that's why we're all different. I personally find it kind of funny, Hudson said. The Lee Summit police did say that on Thursday they didn't even know the van existed and haven't received any complaints about it. So I thought that was that's pretty a great funny. Story. I wonder if so. Coops, is it an Uber? It is an I, Uber. I don't know if it's an Uber or not. I did see that the steering wheel was like a giant pink fuzzy steering wheel. <laughs> nice. I wonder if uh, Jason from Ectoplasm has seen it. Because Lee Summit's up near him, isn't it? Mm, I mean, it's outside Kansas City. I would definitely order that Uber for him. Right. And that's all I've got. Do you have anything else? Nope, that's all I have. All right, so let's take a quick break and dive into our main topic, the Kendrick House. I know I'm excited to talk about it. I'm sure you are. Yeah, I am. A sudden draft from a window that was supposed to have been closed. A chill at the back of the neck. Groans, creaks, and bumps in the night. Man has always been frightened by the dark. Troubled by noises just beyond the reach of lights. Occurrences just beyond the reach of understanding. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to talk about the Kendrick House in Carthage, Missouri. And what brought it up was it was kind of one of those investigations that just fell into our lap. Right. We were like sitting around the house, no plans for the weekend. And then we found out this paranormal team needed a couple extra bodies. So we were happy to oblige. Packed up the cube and (laughs) drove down there. It's just funny because I I know there's going to be people out there that don't know what a cube is. Because it's funny to me when you say pack up the cube. It's my little car. Yeah. I call it my ghost bot. Little toaster that could. Yeah. So, you want to start with the history of the place? Yeah. All right. Let's give a little background on it. It was, they started building it in 1849. 
they finished in 1854, which is actually quite a while, but we'll go into why it took so long. Right. Um, it's one of the three oldest. oldest homes in Jasper County, and I believe it was one of the last structures standing after the Civil War, or was it the last? I don't know if it was one of the last. I know, I know it was the only one in that area. Right. Because they would just do like a scorched earth, burn everything type of... Uh, Which is so dumb. <laughs> well, it, it is. It's, uh, I agree. It's dumb. I mean, in their mindset at the time, you know, who knows what they were thinking. I mean, right. I don't know. I just... But I could see where, you know, if you're wanting to win, that's, that's a way to do it. Doesn't mean it's right. Right. Because you're pretty much left with nothing. Right. I don't know. You now have like a big burnt up open field of right. nothing to, and you got to rebuild everything. Yeah. So the Kendrick house was used as a private home. It was used as a field hospital during the civil war. It was used as a sick house. I guess that would be like a hospital. And also women would travel there to meet midwives to give birth. They felt like it was more sanitary to do it in that location than to be doing it like in their log cabins. Or shacks, whatever they were living in. Their shanties. Their shanties. That makes sense. Things that are thought to help make it a hotbed for paranormal is uh, it's on limestone, which is how most of Missouri is. There's a river that runs to the side of it, and then also railroad tracks, which are all thought to help enhance paranormal experiences and activity. So Sunette Rankin built a small log cabin near the river but you know if anybody's familiar with missouri besides caves we're also known for our floods and due to that he ended up moving pretty much up into a onto a hill and then began building the house in 1849 and that would be the kendrick house that he started then and then after a couple years for whatever reason sinette and his wife decided to move back to their large farm near which is now present-day Jasper, Missouri. And so after that, the partially constructed house was sold to Sinette's son-in-law, Thomas Dawson. And I guess before the house was then finished, he decided to, to move as well and go out west to find gold in California. Yeah, and he was pretty unsuccessful with that. I believe he came back broke and unable to complete the house. So he ended up selling the property to William and Elizabeth Kendrick. And they paid $7,000 for the unfinished house and 640 acres. And I was reading that acres sold for like a dollar. It was like a dollar 64 an acre back then. Right. So yeah, they. So the fact they paid that much money shows that it was a well-sought-after area. Right. One thing about the house was it had it had a trail that ran alongside it, not, not a road yet. And that road went to Fort Scott, Kansas. So there was a lot of people traveling was, with that. It was like a I-44. <laughs> right. I think they saw the potential in it. They knew that there would be travelers. Well, it seems like it'd be, you know, either way. I don't know if there was... The railroad there yet? I'm not sure about that. I don't know. If it was, I mean, between the railroad, 
that trail and the river. I mean, it was definitely like prime real estate. Right. And they eventually started, they put orchards out. They had a blacksmith company, gunsmithing. So they're kind of a catch-all for people. They could just stop there and get everything they needed. So. And one of the things that I did find that was really cool was the fact that everything that was used in the construction of the house, except for the glass for the windows, was built or made on site. All the way down to the nails that were used to build the house were actually crafted by in the forge by the blacksmith on site. Right. The bricks. It's a red brick house and they got the they made those from clay from the Spring River. Which if you know that area of Missouri, maybe all of Missouri, I don't know. <laughs> it feels we are, like we it. are known for red clay dirt, so So after the house was completed in eighteen fifty four, the Kendrick family and their descendants pretty much continuously lived in the house for 130 years. Yeah, the family name switched from Kendrick to Janney. And that that brings you all the way up to the 1980s when it was sold to another family. Victorian Carthage. Carthage, yeah. Was the one that purchased it in the 80s. So, of course, there was the Union soldiers had holed up there. Um, just the Civil War, things that happened. But notable deaths that happened in the house, which they say there's, they don't know how many actually happened because right, there's more than you can even conceive, conceive of, you know. Yeah, definitely with the Civil War because I know when we were there, we were told that at, at one point it was a Union stronghold and they had a field hospital on site. And we'll get more into that when we talk about some of the paranormal stuff. But with that being said, there's no telling how many people lost limbs or actually died at that spot. I just heard our dog. So <laughs> if you heard, sounded like there was a monster in the background, that would have been our overweight French bulldog. Which I think the last time we recorded. He's making it a habit. Right. He likes He's attention. A, a guest star. But as I was saying, with, with the Civil War happening i mean the battles happening right there and in that location too there was a ton of guerrilla warfare which was far worse than any of the other battles deaths at the house that have been documented um one would be of a slave woman and her daughter they were taken out back and the woman was lynched by the confederate soldiers because they said that she was housing the Union soldiers, which they find it. They have found evidence that she probably was. Um, if you remember, there was, on some of the wood in there, there was hoof prints where they, the soldier, the Union soldiers would come in and they would bring their horses so that the Confederates wouldn't know that they were there. And then there was a trap door where they could go underneath the house and hide. And then they'd leave the horses in the parlor. But they lynched her and then they beat and tortured her 12-year-old daughter who was named Rose. And um, they didn't kill Rose, but they left her out there to die. And the Kendrick family found her and brought her back in. They nursed her back to health. They they were slave owners, but from what I've read, they treated their slaves very well. And um, I know Rose ended up becoming more like family than anything. What deaths do you have? Well, death was a 
pretty much a frequent visitor for the uh, the Kendrick family. And William and Elizabeth's sons all died in the while well, in the Civil War. The names Richard, Alex, and Austin, they were all in their early 20s. They had seven sons total. I do remember that. That's a lot. That is a lot of sons. I couldn't imagine. Like, we have four kids. I couldn't imagine three more. No. Of course, maybe it was, maybe it was, was it easier back then? Maybe it was easier if it's sons and not all girls. That's That might be the secret. <laughs> Unfortunately, also, William passed away in 1868, followed by Elizabeth in 1878. And to go back on, to show how much they loved Rose, whenever Elizabeth, she, she died in the master bedroom. And when she was sick, she called for Rose to come in there with her. The family was there, of course. And um, Rose would have been in her 20s then. The family members told uh, Elizabeth that she didn't want to die in Rose's arms because obviously she was a slave. But they said that uh, Elizabeth's response was, Rose's as pure as driven snow and a better person than you. So that probably shut them up. Right. Um, And Rose continued to work there until I think it was the 1940s. She was 90 when she passed away. Still there she had gotten married to a guy named george and they both worked there i remember that so i would say they definitely felt like rose was more family than right so in addition to elizabeth joshua's wife elvira we should have named one of the daughters elvira no missed the missed it on that one but she followed in she followed in death in 1884 and joshua and Elvira's daughter Fanny with her husband Carl Janney so she became Fanny Janney that's an amazing name (laughs) they ended up raising their family in the mansion and it wasn't until 1899 when their four year old daughter Pauline died in the house and Pauline they don't know exactly what exactly what killed her but it was some kind of spinal condition i couldn't find what kind of back then too they may just not have known and that's why it's right. unknown isn't men- meningitis i think is the spinal I, I don't know i don't i just know it's bad right do you have the final death oh i do actually there's there's two more that i that i know of that i was able to find okay. joshua died in 1901 and the last person that I know of to die in the house was Carol Sue Janney, also known as Carrot. She would have been the granddaughter of Fanny and Carl. Right. And she became sick in 1936, and it was just short of her third birthday. I had read that they had actually brought her to the house to separate her from her sister Jackie. Because they didn't know what was wrong with her, and they didn't want Jackie getting sick. And, you know, it was used as a sick house, so they brought her there so they could care for her better. And Jackie is actually the current owner of the location still. Oh, I didn't know that. She lives in Kansas. Actually, yeah, I do. Because I remember them telling us that... She comes back she and still comes, on occasion. Yeah. So that's some of the history of the house, as you can see. I mean, and that was that was just like a drop in the bucket. Yeah, of, there's so much history I mean, there. We could spend, we could do a whole 
10 shows just on that house. I, I was writing down stuff and then I like filled up three pages and I was like, okay, I just have to stop. Right. So yeah, we kind of picked and choose like some of the highlights to kind of give you an idea just on how much had gone on there. I mean, it's, if there's any place that was just drenched in history, that's one of those places. Right. Which I think definitely contributes to the amount of paranormal activity that people will get there. So you want to go into the hauntings now? Yeah, let's go into alleged hauntings. Alleged hauntings. So supposedly both Rose and George are seen in there. They're both seen downstairs more than upstairs. And upstairs, they say that Pauline, the four-year-old, she can be seen. She's wearing a white gown. She has black hair and freckles. She's often seen looking out of the windows. And people driving by report seeing a little girl staring out the windows. That makes sense since she had that spinal injury. Mm -hmm. Curtains are seen like lifted at the corner of the windowsill. So it would be like a child looking out. You know, an adult would pull the curtain to the side, but this is just the corner of it lifted up and as if someone's peeking out. Another thing that we spoke about earlier was how during the when it was used as a union stronghold, there was they did a lot of surgeries and stuff there, and they had a, a pretty much a makeshift field hospital. And one of the items that was used is actually still there. And it's, it was a long, pretty much a long wooden dining table. It'd be like a farmhouse table. Right. Yeah. We actually, that's like our, that one table you used to have. Yeah. But this one, they say that they can take a UV light up to it, and you can still see, I don't know if you, anyone's ever seen any of the, like the crime shows or whatever where they take the uv light and you can see like the blood splatter and stuff like that on this table you can now it's we tried we tried doing it and it was really faint i could we could see some type of discoloration i imagine when they initially started doing investigations there or anything was initially done there with the uv light it was probably a lot stronger but there's said to be EVPs at that in that area, as well as different like shadow figures and stuff seen. They say that men get affected more in that area, like vomiting, getting sick, just not feeling well. Especially if you ask about a doctor or ask for a doctor to come there, then they say you get a lot more activity. One of the things that I did find interesting with the location of where the table currently is and how the house was originally set up is that part of the house was not there. That was a later addition that was built onto the house. So that actually would have been back behind the house where the field, field hospital was. Another spirit would be that of Carol Janney, the almost three-year-old that passed. The lady giving us the tour told us the story about how they first encountered her. And she said it was during a seven hour EVP session I cannot imagine doing a seven-hour <laughs> EVP session. That's a lot of sitting in the dark talking to yourself. It is, but EVP is my favorite. So. Um, anyway, they said that they were, you know, just asking the normal questions. And they were upstairs, and they asked if there was a little girl there. And there was a couple guys downstairs who heard, like, a giggle. So they went upstairs to talk to the lady that was doing the EVP session. And when they replayed the data to listen to it, they heard what sounded like the word carrot. 
So they're very confused by that, like, why carrot? In their heads, they're thinking Carol because of the baby. Um, when the board members and everyone got together, they were kind of discussing the evidence that they found. And Miss Jackie, the lady that owned it, also Carol's sister, was there. And when they played it, they, they told her, you know, we don't understand why it would say carrot. Well, Jackie told them that when she was young, she could not say Carol Sue, which was the little girl's name. So instead, she called her Carrot Soup. So they think that's where the why she says carrot. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. I mean, with as young as she was, it's not like she, you know, she was 50 when she passed. She was, you know, almost three. And she'd be used to be calling carrot i mean how often i mean not to mention too the parents probably called their carrot right i mean we've given our kids nicknames and that's what they're known as now so that's so sad though in addition to all the evps i've found like i said earlier shadow figures have been seen both upstairs and downstairs one of the things i found interesting and this was brought up to us on our when they were being told the history of the building when we were there was supposedly a voodoo protection was placed upon the house by slaves to protect it during the time of the war. Which obviously worked. Right. That's like better than homeowner's insurance. <laughs> so that's some of the stuff that has been reported to be there. I have a couple oh, more. Oh, you got I, a couple I just more. have a few things wrote down by like room. It was as we went on our tour, what we were told. So, in the master bedroom, they have a UV lamp in there. And they said the reason they have that is because they don't use regular lighting. Because they've, multiple times they've gotten EVP saying lights, no, lights burn. Which is really creepy. But, um, in that room, there's, they, you know, they have some balls down. And they've been seen moving across. The curtains are lifted there. There's also been white mist and shadow men seen in that room. And I believe on their Facebook page, they have a video of a white mist appearing. So you should check out their Facebook page. In the kids' room, they have uh, like child's clothing in there. There's dresses laying on the beds. And they said that you'll, sometimes you'll find those dresses like wadded up and like thrown on the floor. In there, there's also the balls that move across the floor, which I am a little iffy on because the floor is really uneven. But it's possible. Um, what else? A black mass has been seen. She described it as looking wiggly like worms or uh, strings. And they consider a conjuring. What is that? I know what the movie is. Yeah, I guess I, I should say, look that up. Right. I guess a conjuring would be like a bad spirit brought in. Right. It sounds like, yeah, you would almost call upon right. something to come in. Which I don't know if that would necessarily, I mean, it, if it was attached to the house, maybe. Right. Um, but they said that that spirit seems to not like men, especially if you're trying to provoke it. It'll become very negative. Shadow men are seen throughout the house, especially downstairs. They've seen a girl in a plaid dress. This is a full body apparition, but they don't know who that is. And then they've also seen Civil War soldiers. Which, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And then outside the building, there is a foundation. Right now, there's another building built on top of it. But that was the slave quarters. It's not the original. The original was torn down. But 
in that building, they've seen a um, African-American man staring out. And he's wearing like a white puff shirt, kind of how the slaves would have been dressed. And there's also reports of harmonica music being recorded up there. Um, the last thing that I have is seeing little girls playing in the front yard that aren't there. And it's a big report, I guess, of truck drivers because they pass through there a lot. And they've seen kids like in period clothing outside playing. And then they look again and they're gone. And that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Ghost kids are scary kids. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you got? I think that's it. I, I don't have anything else. Right. We could talk about our personal experiences now. Right. So, yeah, as we said earlier, we did just actually get done doing an investigation there last weekend. Yep. And it's so exciting to finally get some real personal experiences. Right. Like, I, I feel like these are huge. So, do you want to start? with? No, go you? ahead. Okay. Well, I was, we were downstairs, what I would call the dining room. It's where that table is that we were talking about. I was walking into the kitchen and I looked over on the wall and I seen a woman, like the shadow of the woman. She was almost walking just in front of me. And uh, the way that it's set up, she would have been in the parlor room, I think. And that light would have been coming through and then into the kitchen. It was amazing. I've never seen such a strong shadow figure. I had my ghost pro camera on, right? This is everybody's story, right? Yeah. But it wasn't recording. Right. That's when we learned that. Yeah. That's when, yeah. That was when we found out like double right check after that. your yeah. stuff. Before Always you double go. check everything. I was so excited. Cause I was like, finally we got it. The one other time we'd been in a location and a ball started just taking off across. Mm -hmm. I got excited with the ghost pro and I looked up in the air so we didn't even get it on video. But so I, it's so aggravating because I purposely looked over there and then to find out it wasn't recording. Yeah, that was, that was almost heartbreaking there. Right. But yeah, that was, we were in the, I guess the dining room at that time. And at the same time, well, I guess it wasn't exactly the same time. It was what, how long ago, how but long after a that? couple minutes. Because right. I came back in there to tell you what happened. Yeah, we were standing there talking about it. And I'm always like, I'm the first like to throw out anything that has to do with orbs because there's too many variables, dust, bugs, everything. But when you see one with your eyes, like that's almost self-illuminating. I mean, I, there's no other really way for me to describe it at, other than an orb, but I wasn't looking through the camera. I was looking down the room and at the end of the table, just come down and then and then go away. Just like a whoosh. Yeah, I was listening to the recording that we had going and you could tell you were pretty excited about it. Yeah, that was, yeah, I, that's the first, I've never seen anything like that. I have nothing to compare it to. I saw similar at the Missouri State Penitentiary in the women's. So I know what you're saying. It's, it's just weird to see. It's like a ball of light. So one of my favorite pieces of evidence that we got, I actually didn't know we had until two days ago. But I was taking pictures upstairs and in the window at the stairway, I caught the shadow. It was the same shadow I seen downstairs of that woman. So I'm like super excited. I think that's probably the best picture I've ever gotten. 
Yeah, that's a and this is kind of like a small taste because we're actually going to be talking about this at the conference too. So if anybody listening is able to make it out there, you'll be able to see the picture. But yeah, that had that definitely probably had to be redeeming after the whole Ghost Pro thing. Right. Yeah. It looks. Yeah. Because. And it's definitely, without a doubt, one of the best pictures of a shadow person that I've ever seen. The definition. And I wanted to verify because I'm not one to just say, "Oh my God, yes." So I I sent it back to the lady that did the tour. I asked her, you know, is there anything there that could create that shadow? Is there anything at the top of the stairs? And she looked at it. She sent it to a few other members of their group and everyone feels the same thing. Like it's, it's definitely a woman in period clothing. Yeah. It's, I mean, the facial definition on it alone. I mean, you can see the chin, you can almost see the lips, how everything flows down. Right, you can see the hair, like it would be up in a bun. Um, I was really excited when Koi showed it to me on the computer. Because I just looked at it on my phone. But when he blew it up where I could see it, it's it's just amazing. Yeah, that was that was another thing too, is that you didn't take it with like a special camera. Yeah. Literally, that you were standing there with your phone, with the camera on your phone, and, and took it. Right. And speaking of the upstairs, because that was actually taken in the upstairs... The master bedroom. When I walked in there, it had, I mean, you, you know when you walk into a room and they say, oh, the tension's so thick you could cut it with a knife? That's almost how that room felt. It had a super just uneasy, heavy feeling on you. And like the more time you spent in there initially, I just, I felt, you know, worse. And after going back up there, it was the second or third time we went up, went up there, I realized that I don't know if it was maybe so much the room, maybe it was just a a change in temperature because the downstairs was so cool or the floor itself. It almost, you said, I think while we were up there, it almost had like a vertigo. It wasn't that, and it wasn't like the, you know, the, the floors were weak or anything like that, but they just had a little bit of give in them that almost made it like an uneven, kind of reminded me of like walking on a ship. Right. Almost like gave you like sea legs. So I wonder if some of that maybe did not attest to some of the guys feeling, you know, sick or whatever. Because you know, guys are gonna be bigger, have be heavier. Unfortunately, because it was absolutely freezing, we it's didn't so <laughs> we didn't get outside for anything. We didn't do any of the outside buildings, which is part of the reason why we definitely got to go back. Right. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I will. I took quite a bit of pictures, so I'll upload those to our Facebook page just so you can look at the building and get a feel for it. Yeah. We'll d- and we'll upload the one, the picture that we were talking about earlier with the shadow person in there. I think that's about all I have for the Kendrick house. So what do you think? You think it's haunted? Absolutely. I think, yeah. Yeah. I would, I mean, there's few places I'll say that without a doubt, I'll, you know, put that, that stamp of approval on there. But after being there, at- I just want to like the experiences we had with the shadow people and the light, they happened within 20 minutes of starting our investigation. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a short investigation. I think we were only there. I mean, we were only there maybe four hours or so actually right. actual investigating. Could have did longer, but honestly there was a, there was people in there and it was so cold. It was mainly, it, mainly <laughs> we it, it was cold. It was, yeah. And, you know, with the, being so cold, you know, normally people, you know, people go outside and then 
you know, leave a little more. But it was so cold. Yeah, I would definitely say though, it it's it's haunted. Yeah, and definitely you should put it on your bucket list of places to investigate. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely be going back, and it'll be where we can actually do the outside grounds and everything else. Yeah, I'm excited to try by the slaves' quarters. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. So if you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at untildawnpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Until Dawn Podcast. Also, if you'd like to shoot us a text message or call and leave us a voicemail, you can get in touch with us at 913-703-3296. And if you would like to meet us, which I don't know why you would, (laughs) we will be at the Dead of Winter Festival in Austin, Illinois this weekend. Yep. February 10th. We'll be there from 10 to 5. Ooh, you know what? I would like to take some, take a recorder and then if anybody has like a story they want to share with us, that'd be good. Record them and then we can play it. Yeah. That'd be great. We'll do that for sure. So, you know, come out to the Dead of Winter Festival. Bring us your spooky stories. Also, if you want to help out the show, the, one of the best ways to do that is rate us, rate and review us on iTunes. That makes it so much easier for other people to find us. Also, if you'd like, we all, we still have our T Public store where you can get some Until Dawn podcast merchandise. We got the t-shirts in. I think they look really good. Yeah, they do. And what's the web address for that? Do you know? Uh, I'll put it in. You can go to T Public and just search "Until Dawn Podcast," and that'll that'll that should bring everything up. You can get everything from throw pillows to phone cases, coffee mugs, so hoodies. Since it's like 11 degrees outside, right? I think that's it. That's it. All right. So until next time, I'm Coy. I'm Felicia. And this is Until Dawn. <laughs>